following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the Cannonball, Alex Steele. Boom, go, boom goes the Cannonball. That's it. Uh, you know, old boots uh, couldn't make it this week, but you know what? That's why we have three people on this show. So uh, it, it's, uh, you know, it's Butch and Sundance uh, back together for you. Life calls, duty calls. Uh, that's okay. You know, uh, Boots, he, he'll be back here in a couple of weeks. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, we we know he's got a life outside of the show as well, uh, just like everybody else. So no problem. Uh, we got the cannonball in town, and Alex Steele. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're able to join us. It's not going to be a super long show today, believe it or not. Little news and notes. This is the quiet time. <laughs> we'll we'll see about that, but uh, <laughs> but we definitely have some things to to discuss. Um, you know, some stuff that happened like before the draft and uh, after the draft. Uh, you know, so uh, I'm excited. You know, I got I, I'm looking at the list right here, and it's pretty meaty. Yeah. You know, for 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 off season, it, it looks like a pretty good club sandwich. Yeah. As soon as we get done with the NFL draft, things sort of quiet down just a little bit. This is that quiet time. We always talk about it. This is the quiet time. And and you know, Tyler and I, the last couple of years, we get get around this time. It was news and notes time, and that's you know that's what would happen. We would. We would hit news and notes, and, and we'd be talking about the different news and signings and things around the league, but there wasn't a ton. Uh, and and today, you know, there is not a ton, but there are just, as you put, very meaty things in here that are going to be uh, fun to discuss. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. We've got some signings. We, we've got some uh, um, uh, extensions. We've got some trades. It's, it's just an interesting situation. I also want to point out, but before we get started, want to point out a couple of legendary guys that we didn't get a chance to talk about in the last uh, uh, last couple of shows uh, that that happened to actually pass away. First and foremost, let's talk about Bud Grant, uh, the head coach mm-hmm. head coach Minnesota Vikings, the legendary Bud Grant. Um, also, uh, legendary Vikings quarterback Joe Cap also uh, passes away. Uh, both of those two amazing people in the community, in the Vikings community, uh, Bud Grant, arguably, in my opinion, the greatest Vikings head coach of all time, um, him passing away. He was a huge pillar of the Vikings community for a long time. He was there uh, just large and in charge in his wheelchair uh, when, when uh, you know, Kevin O'Connell got signed and he wanted to meet KOC. Uh, and, and it seems like he was just always in the forefront, always front and center, ready to support these new head coaches that came in, uh, new ownership groups that came in. Bud Grant is a legend in the Vikings community. Um, love him, love him. And, and, uh, you know, I wish the best to his family. Um, so sad to hear. I want to give my condolences to them. Uh, Joe Cap, obviously for the Vikings, Joe Cap, man, uh, he, he, for the longest time, uh, he was just him. He, he was always drawing. It was almost 
fortunate for Joe Cab because he always drew comparisons to Fran Tarkenton all the mm-hmm. time. And and how do you how do you measure up to Fran Tarkenton? You know, like it's it's a tough thing to do. But Joe Cap was still a great quarterback uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. He was a legend for them as well. Uh, had a tremendous career with the Vikings. Um, our condolences go out to the Cap family as well. And uh, and then the big one. Yep, this one. This one. This one caught everybody by surprise. Well, I mean, I guess you know, in in the sense of the word, uh, legendary. Uh, Cleveland Browns running back Jim Brown hmm. passed away just a few short days ago on May 18th. Yeah, um, a, guy, a guy that a lot of folks look at as the greatest running back of all time still. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, a, a lot of people feel that he would have held up today uh, if, if he was in this in this era's game. A lot of folks believe that Jim Brown would, would have uh, uh, been able to compete at a high level. Um, much like Walter Payton would have as well. I mean, it, Jim Brown was amazing. He was a civil rights ab- advocate, um, which I, I so appreciate him for. He is a, a special player. He's a special man. Uh, he was a, uh, an, and he was an actor too. He was, a, if you looked at the movie Mars Attacks, he was, he was <laughs> great in that movie. I loved him in that movie. Uh, so Jim Brown, uh, for the, the Cleveland Browns legend, the Hall of Famer, he passes away as well. And, and and keep in mind, this is when they were actually good before they turned into the Baltimore Ravens. So the, consider those Cleveland Browns V1, and he was the driving force behind that team uh, back in the day. Yes, he was. Uh, just just got a, and and you'd see him all the time. You, you know, like he would always be on the sidelines for the Browns. He would always be in attendance. You'd always see him up in the box, or he'd sometimes be down on the sidelines. He's just a legend in that town, and uh, you got to love Jim Brown. So uh, our condolences out there to his family as well uh, in the entire NFL community for those three legends um, passing away. It's just a a rough time as far as that goes. But, Alex, we've got um, some news around this league that we got to jump into, some stuff to jump into. Uh, First and foremost, we got to talk about their, uh, uh, and I felt like those three were, they definitely deserve to have the, the hype on the front end of the show. But um, the first big news story outside of that stuff is the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room, and, and these are news and notes from the last few weeks, and I know this is a few weeks ago, but the Ravens went out and extended Lamar Jackson to a five-year $260 million contract makes him the be- the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, highest paid player in the history of the NFL, $52 million per year. Uh, and look. Look, it's it's a straight up. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say this real quick. It, it, it's just on the outset, this looks just like a giant pissing match yep. between, you know, Patrick Mahomes, who's, who's very humble, uh, Jalen Hurts, Definitely deserves the money. Made it to an made it to an NFC title game, uh, and made it to a Super Bowl, really. But then you know, but the, you know, ever since Patrick Mahomes got that, you know, ten year, fifty million dollar deal, then everybody's like, okay, well, I can make, I, I ought to make more than that. I ought to make more than that. And then and then the the Sean Watson deal, where he got paid a, a boatload of money to co-play for the Cleveland Browns and only half for only half the season because he was suspended. So that's where this whole thing, we, we, a few weeks ago, you know, a few episodes ago on this very show, the discussion was had 
that you know it's, it was going to cause massive upheavals with the quarterback market. And this is just the latest example of that. Not to say that the man doesn't deserve it. Uh, I mean, he certainly earned, you know, you know, uh, is, is Lamar Jackson worth $52 million a year? That's debatable. It, it, you know, and we don't, you know, Scott, I, I see you shaking your head. You know, I, I agree. I mean, it's like, have you, have you gotten to a Super Bowl? Have you won an, have you, have you won an AFC title game? You know, did you get to an AFC title game? Uh, you know, have you stayed, have you stayed healthy? <laughs> and if you watched last season, the answer to that question is no. Last so two, last two seasons, he hasn't stayed healthy. That's my problem. And, and look, I like, I like Lamar Jackson, the player. Uh, I think he's a good player. I, I think he deserves a lot of uh, credit for what he's been able to do because, you know, even when he got drafted, you know, Tyler and myself sat here on this show, like immediately after that draft going, this guy's going to be a bum. He can't throw the ball accurately. He's not a pocket passer, yada, yada, yada. And Lamar, yeah, Jackson, we, he was like, he was hyped up so much in Louisville. But I'm like, who watches Louisville football? <laughs> and Lamar, you know, he 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 runs the ball effectively. And then that, that following year, the the year after, he developed some accuracy to his game, and he was throwing accurate footballs. And so in, he he developed in a way that was positive. The the problem I have with Lamar Jackson is primarily at this point in time, especially the last two seasons, the injuries. Number one, uh, he's he suffered two injuries that put him out for significant time in the season that costed his team. But not only that, the Ravens went and made the playoffs this last year, and Tyler Huntley was out there. And I think Lamar Jackson was more focused on making a statement than he was actually focused on the team. And that statement was, you cannot win without me. I will be, you know, your guy and whatever the case. He he hung them out to dry. I don't think mm. that was legitimate. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it was. I think Lamar Jackson said, mm, I think I'm going to sit on the sidelines, say I'm hurt, get a doctor's note and say I'm hurt and then just watch them drown. And he, he, that, that showed me this past year that I don't think Lamar Jackson is a legitimate team player. And, and I think there's an attitude problem there. I, I get it, you know, and, and you're right. It is a massive pissing match. I think, I think Lamar Jackson, okay. Jalen hurts gets $51 million per year. Lamar Jackson wanted $51 million and one cent. That's what he yeah. wants. And, well, and he, he, ended, he ended up getting an extra million out of it. Right, and and I I think it's silly. I think the quarterback market is completely out of control at this point. Yep. Uh, when you're talking fifty million dollars a year for one player, that that quarterback market is is ridiculous. It's out of control. And you're, you're, we're already having problems with salary caps. I mean, the NFL just you know increased their salary cap by a couple million dollars. But, you know, how much more is the salary cap going to have to be lifted to support all of these big money contracts? You know, and, and how is that going to affect the rest of the teams and what they have left over? If it's quarterback heavy, you know, what happens to, you know, that makes running backs even less of a premium position, yeah. you know, you know, because running back, you know, yeah, it's, it's a vital part of the team and your wide receivers as well. But, you know, the wide receivers, you know, are the ones doing the grunt work, If unless I'm missing something, well, you know. Here's the thing about it. The, the running backs are the ones that are doing the run, the grunt work, and they're the ones right. that are getting their, their asses beaten to the ground in the trenches. The, and that's the, the reason that running backs stop becoming a premium position in the NFL is because uh, running backs, you know, they're taking on the brunt of the punishment in those trenches, and they have a shelf life of about eight years. Is right. It, is the average shelf life for whereas a receiver can last closer to 14 or 15. The, the thing is, is, you know, like 
I look at a situation like this with Lamar Jackson, and I see this quarterback market just climbing, and it's climbing faster than the salary cap can handle at this point. Yep. You're going to have a situation now where, and and you know the NFL, the NFL might figure it out. They do have these TV deals and these TV contracts, but it looks like the NFL is starting to lean toward a streaming situation. If they move into a streaming situation where, let's say, NFL decides, oh, we're going to do NFL streaming like Major League Baseball does. Major League Baseball has MLB.com where they go out there and they charge 25 bucks a pop per month for the whole season. And or you can pay like a hundred and some odd for to uh, on a yearly basis to have those. That might be where the NFL is headed. And I'm not mad at it. I'm not I'm not going to be sad about it at all. I think it's it might be a smart play. But at the end of the day. Yeah, but like what all these all these older folks that have like the, the antenna with three channels. Yeah. What are they going to do on Sundays? Right. You know, when you're at grandma's house for Thanksgiving, you know, if they move the Thanksgiving game, you know, it, it'll definitely like step on the toes of tradition. I mean, you know, on the one hand, tradition is just old people's baggage. Why you got to keep carrying them, you know, and if you're going to if you're going to cut costs, cut costs. But, you know, there's there's definitely going to be give and take with that situation. This this contract situation, though, I, I think it, mm. it you're never going to see. I, I do think the the salary cap is going to go up. It climbed a little bit this year, but not a ton. It didn't climb to the point where we are supplanting the the quarterback market the way it's growing and the way it's it's going up. You know, you you're these teams are spending way too much on these quarterbacks, and and the crazy part about it is is it's just going to keep getting higher. And and the Ravens, for example. Right now, okay, they created a situation where they they signed Lamar to two hundred sixty million. Okay, fifty two million a year, and and this is another news story right now. The Bengals have gone and entered negotiations with Joe Burrow. So right, now, and 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 the notes that I have on that is, isn't he only in year number three now? Well, yeah, you can you can go and, and pick up their fifth year option, but you can you can move in, into it now. This might be a smart move by the Bengals, depending on how they negotiate this deal. Mm. Because if they go out and they they negotiate this deal effectively and properly, this is what I don't understand about different teams in this league and, and the things that they should be doing, okay? You've got your rookie deal, right? You still have two years left on your rookie deal. And mm-hmm. because you have two years left on your rookie deal and you create an extension for this guy, let's say you do make him, okay, I'm going to extend you for five years and I'm going to give you – 260 million. I'm going to give you 52 million a year. What you do is you have those two years. So you renegotiate the final two years of the rookie deal. This is not difficult and teams don't do that. And I don't understand why maybe I'm missing something about like the NFL bylaws, but the base salary can only be a certain amount. You can only pay the guy a certain amount of their base salary, but you're allowed to maneuver that that uh, signing bonus, however you want, you're allowed to convert mm. different parts of their, their base salary to signing bonus. They'll get money up front, but then you can spread that signing bonus. If you make a majority of that contract, a signing bonus, you can spread it throughout the salary cap as, as uh, uh, guaranteed money. And that's what a majority of these contracts wind up being is a lot of guaranteed money. So just spread that money as much as you can. Okay. I want to sign Joe Burrow for five more years. I'm going to extend him. I'm going to give him 52 million a year. Okay, great. I'm going to take 
200 million of that and I'm going to make it signing bonus. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to take a huge chunk of that $52 million per year that he's going to get in those five years. And I'm going to jump, I'm going to dump it into these next two years of his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. That you don't have to think about it really at the end of the day, you're only paying him 35 million instead of the 52 million on the rookie deal. You know, you get, does that make sense? You're taking a, you're taking I, a chunk and you're moving it into the rookie contract. That's how it should work. That's how teams should be doing this. They shouldn't be waiting until the last minute because that's how you wind up with a situation where you're paying a guy $52 million a year for five years. It just, maybe it's just me. I think this is much more simple. You know, I, I feel like this mm-hmm. could be made much more simple for certain teams if they just negotiated properly, timely, and effectively. You know, okay. I see where you're coming from on this. You know, I'm seeing you got two years left on the deal. Okay, I'm going to have 200 million. What do we want to do with it? Okay, you make his base salary. Okay, six, or even 50. Okay, I got 210 million on the on the uh, 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 signing bonus money. 50 million of it is going to be base salary that he gets on a yearly basis, right? So that's 10 million a year. And then you can maneuver that other 210 million however you want. Plus, you have an extra two years to take that $210 million and move it into his rookie deal for those two years, right? Those two years mm. of his rookie deal. Okay, and you're not making a lot of money on that rookie deal, right? So, mm. okay, fuck it. Let's go ahead and take a huge chunk of it and move it into that rookie deal those last two years. And that way, for that five years of that deal, that five-year extension, you're not dumping $52 million every single one of those five years. It just I, Maybe it's just me being too logical. Maybe I, I just I frugal frugal might be a thing. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, at a certain point, you got it. You got to think about it from a logical standpoint. Two hundred ten million spread over seven years. That's no. that's kind of what you're looking at at that point. If you if you properly negotiate these deals, so I mean they're they're in the uh, uh, correct mindset to be negotiating. And if you look at it, that two hundred ten million divided by seven years seven. is thirty million dollars. That, 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 it's it's a good price, and right. and the man is obviously something special. He got the team to two AFC title games and a Super Bowl, yep. so you know he's definitely worth the investment. You know, it, it'd be it'd be one thing if they did something like this with Geno Smith, who, you know, yep. and they kind of did this with Russell Wilson, and we all know how that turned out. But you know, so but so I see. I, I, at first, my question was, why are you why are you doing this when he's in year three? Now that you explain it, it makes more sense. You know, if he's, you know, you're going to, okay, we know we're going to keep this guy long-term. We know he's our guy. You know, he's definitely, you know, paid ma- massive dividends up front. Now let's, let's offload some of that financial stress and spread it out. Like you said, over seven years, because he can get the big money because he's earned it. But then it's like, just like you say, put, put that stuff up front in the last two years of his rookie deal. And see, you know, what he does with it. Then you've got him for five more years for not for a fraction of the cost for of a Lamar Jackson. And at the same time, you know, you're saving money on the cap. You're giving yourself draft capital. You you are basically securing the future for your football team for several years. Whereas the Baltimore Ravens, back to the Lamar Jackson story, basically have mortgaged their future at the feet of Lamar Jackson. 
Yeah, and that's exactly what they did. They created a situation for the next few years where they're going to be the nickel and diming the rest of their team. And and I think this is – I thought it was a stupid move. A lot of Ravens fans are jumping up and down and celebrating it. Look, I I, I believe, you know, and we've talked about on the show that that there have been – there and, and it was before this past year, there's never been a quarterback that has been signed to more than 13% of their team's salary cap that has been able to get their team to win a Super Bowl. Um, that it was untrue until Patrick Mahomes. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a once-in-a-lifetime generational talent. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to have a yep. bust of the, the The Chiefs have Hall of Fame quarterback play, the, the yep. likes of which that we haven't seen. And, and you, as you've put out, and, and I think you're very accurate, that he is this generation's Tom Brady. And I, I that's what he I, is. I don't. I. I'm even going to go take one step further. And he's like, you know, he's he's a generation talent all on his own. Yep. You know, yeah. I mean, we can say he's this generation's Tom Brady, but I don't think there will ever be a quarterback quite like Patrick Mahomes. You know, it there definitely wasn't before. There may not be after. You know, right. he's like he's like the next, you know, like he's like the next big name to go th- to to be in the quarterback, and he's like in his. You know, not even at his prime yet. It's insane. But if you want to talk about, like we said, we talked about the Ravens nickel and diming their players. How about this? How about this for you? The the Baltimore Ravens have declined the fifth year option on on linebacker Patrick Queen, but Ravens GM Eric Costa says he still wants to retain him. Here's the question I have: Why? Yeah. (laughs) Lamar Jackson, notwithstanding, why? This, this is something, and, and when I stuck this in the news stories this week, you know, uh, I, I was almost laughing to myself because oh, I feel like we're in deja vu. I feel like mm-hmm. this is a situation where, you know, the black cat comes running by, you know, in, in the Matrix here, where, yeah. where you know, you look over and, and the Ravens did this same thing to C.J. Mosley a few years mm-hmm. ago. And C.J. Mosley said, well, up yours, I'm going to the New York Jets. And that's where he went. And Mosley had a rough couple of years there to start, but he's really put it together, started to figure out their system and, and be really, really great over there. I feel like the Ravens, they they do this to their linebackers. And I don't understand why they do this to their linebackers. They're really great at drafting and finding linebackers, but they just keep doing it. And I don't understand it like they did it to Zedarius Smith. They did it to C.J. Mosley. Now they're doing it to Patrick Queen. And Patrick Queen, he had an iffy year this last year, but it was his first really, truly iffy year. I, I really think that, that Patrick Queen's a special player for them. When they drafted him, uh, Tyler was on this show, I mean, just singing the praises of, of upper management, which, I mean, we know Tyler's a homer for the Ravens, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, when it comes down to it, it was a good pick. Patrick Queen at that level of the first round, brilliant pick. Um, yeah. And and I, I don't understand why the Ravens do this. They they constantly do this this thing to their linebackers. Oh, we're going to decline the fifth year option, but we want to keep them around. It's almost like Josh Jacobs in Las Vegas. You know, uh, they didn't they they opted not to take his fifth year option. And you know what does he? You know what do they do? They basically put their foot in their mouths. Yeah, and and look, and, and, and let and let an awesome running back walk out the door. Well, and and look, I get it. And and to to be fair to to because they they have uh once they they have the option to pick up the, the fifth year deal on the third year of their contract so josh jacobs he's not out the door yet let's let's be clear about that he still has a year mm. he's got this year but at the end of the day josh jacobs led the league in rushing last year you yeah know? and why and, so yeah again why 
Why yeah. would you not do that? And then uh, uh, what they what they Ravens are are doing here is they're almost putting themselves like and I get it. They're almost like panicked about and that's something the teams are starting to do. OK, wow, they're, they're, we got to pick up the fifth year option. And a lot of people don't realize that picking up the fifth year option, you know, it merits a like a huge uh, a signing bonus, a huge increase in salary. So they, they do wind up getting like, you know, 15 million or whatever it is. They basically ultimately wind up getting paid near top running top linebacker money, top player money for their position, which is fine. I, I mean, I get it. I understand there's a panic about that, but I also think that Patrick Queen is worth it. And I also think that if if you really want to create a situation where you can extend this guy and do exactly what I just said about Joe Burrow, you should always pick up the fifth year option. Because mm-hmm. what's it's going to happen at that point? At that point, okay, you pick up the fifth year option. Yes, it's fully guaranteed. Oop, that sucks. But if you can renegotiate, if you negotiate an extension and you negotiate it as signing bonus and you mm-hmm. maneuver into the rookie contract, those last two years of the rookie contract, which is allowed. There's Mm -hmm. not a cap on the salary bonus. There's a cap on the base salary that these players can receive. That's why these rookie deals, they get paid so much. To me, you if you want to extend them, great, extend them. Give them a four-year deal. Extend them however you want. Give them whatever signing bonus you want and take a bunch of it and move it into that rookie deal where he's getting paid less, and that way you do not have to worry about it. That's why the rookie deals are set up the way they are. That's why you're able to pick up the fifth-year option in the third year. And it's like some of these GMs don't realize it or understand it. And maybe I'm missing something there. But to me, I'm going, why in the hell would you not just say, okay, we're going to extend you, we're going to take some signing bonus, and we're going to dump it into your rookie contract? Done. Easy. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's not like these these rookie contracts are not able to be renegotiated. It's not like they're not able to be maneuvered. It, it it's that easy, and they're not doing it. It's just silly shit, and and I I just don't get it. I don't. It, it's just a dumb move. Um, and I agree with you. I think Patrick Queen, the the Ravens doing this to Patrick Queen is silly on their end. I think it's one of the more dumb things that they could have done. And then, and then on top of it, the Ravens go out and they sign former Raiders corner Rock Yasin to a, a, a one-year deal. Six you million. You're rock you, son. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's uh, um, uh, and, and, and that was a mistype by me, by me, by the way. Rock Yasin, I-S-I-N, it's what it should be. Uh, but he, uh, um, uh, that guy, I don't understand this signing. I feel like $6 million is a disgusting overpayment for that guy. Uh, when he got picked up in the NFL draft, I think he was a third rounder. Uh, you know, everybody talked about how he was going to be super athletic, so, talking about how he was going to be uh, uh, very raw, how, how he was going to that. You know, there, he's going to have to develop, is is what it was, and he just hasn't developed. He hasn't turned into a good player. He hasn't turned into a good corner. He he can't cover well. He he has, he struggles every game. Uh, and and six million dollars. This guy is a two million dollar corner getting paid six million dollars by the Ravens, and and that's what also blows my mind. We're going to overpay Rocky Asin six million dollars, but we're not going to sign Patrick Queen. Yeah, and and we're going to you know on top of dumping money uh, to Lamar Jackson too. I mean that situation too. That does this doesn't help. Doesn't help their situation one bit. And let's also throw out there that. You know who hasn't been re-signed by the Ravens? Marcus 
Peters. Marcus Peters is still out there. Their corner, Marcus Peters, who was their stud corner, the former New Orleans Saint, he's still out there. The Ravens traded for him. They got him. They had him last uh, the last two years. Now he's a free agent, and he's still sitting around. And they haven't done shit to go and re-sign him. They're saying, oh, we're, well, I don't think he's out the door just yet. Bro, you better pick up on him before a team like the, a corner-needy team like the Minnesota Vikings goes out and snags him. And if right. the Vikings snag Marcus Peters, I would completely just jizz in my pants. That's what <laughs> I would do if they went out and signed Marcus Peters. He's an excellent corner. Why would you leave a guy like Marcus Peters sitting on free agency? It's stupid. It's so silly. The Ravens are are mind-blowing to me right now. I, I don't understand what the hell they're doing. And, and they're just letting good players walk out the door, signing questionable ones. And and I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. And and we're going to talk about the other uh, uh, move I don't get. Speaking of my Minnesota Vikings moves that I don't understand. This one uh, probably tops the charts this week. The Vikings go out and trade the edge rushers to Darius Smith, a sixth rounder and a seventh rounder to the Browns for a two, 2024 fifth rounder and 2025 fifth rounder. Look. Yeah. You sold the farm for fifth rounders. You gave up a top ten pass rusher last year, and you and you gave up a like. And here's the thing about it: like, if you were just giving up Zadarius Smith, and you got the two fifths, I'd understand, especially given the price of his contract. Okay, but you're going to give up a sixth and a seventh on top of it to to what? What is this? You you sent him to the Browns. What, what is it, just because Kevin is Kevin Stefanski was a former head coach over here, we're just going to give him the Vikings discount? He was a former <laughs> coordinator for the Vikings. Let's give him the discount. What are we doing? This doesn't hey, make sense. Yeah, you're basically like, you know, you're getting a flat tire and a pair of underwear now. Yeah. I mean, for, for this, for this trade. I mean. Pair of fifths. Who cares? Yeah, fifths. I mean, it would have made sense if, if, if you gave all that. Zadari Smith and the sixth rounder and the seventh rounder. If you got a 2024 third rounder, that's exactly and, what I thought. You give and, me a and third a, rounder for the coming draft, I'm good. Yeah, and a 2025 fourth rounder. Take the take those numbers and jump them up a little bit. But two fifth rounders. I don't even eh. need. I don't even need the fourth rounder. You give me a flat out third round pick, I'm here for it. You okay. Yeah. Give me a third. I'm like, yeah, I'm here for it. You, 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 there's a lot, there are a lot of gems that are hanging around in the third round. Yeah. You know, but we, we, we've seen, we've seen it in drafts past, you know, where, you know, it's like, okay, now we got the two big days out of the way. Now it's really time to get to the nitty gritty. Cause that's where the diamonds in the rough uh, lie. Once you get to the fifth round, it's like, okay, you might find a Ruby. You might find a Sapphire. You're not going to find a diamond. Yeah, and and my my thing about about this is and and it's what I was bitching about last year, and I'm gonna bitch about it again. Quasi Adolfo Mensa sucks yeah. at he sucks at trades. He has gotten railroaded by the Detroit Lions. He has gotten railroaded by the Green Bay Packers, and now he's getting railroaded by by the Cleveland Browns. He's gotten railroaded on three straight trades absolutely obliterated of it he hasn't you you lost your ass 
allowing the Lions to trade up for Jamison Williams. Yeah, that that was head scratching. You move back, and that's what kills me about it. You move yeah. back 14, 15 spots in the first round, and you wound up with Lewis Seen and you, oh boy, and a second and a third, and you didn't even wind up with or a second and a fourth or whatever the hell it was. You didn't even wind up with a first rounder moving back 14 spots in the first round. You didn't wind up with a first rounder for the following year. You wind up with, with dog shit. That's what you wound up with dog shit. And, and Mm. then go out and and this year you, you trade away a top 10 pass rusher and you walk away with two fifths. Yeah. What, what are we doing? What the fuck are we doing here? Like I'm a, I am a lions fan and I'm astonished. Yeah, it was, I mean, this this isn't like Matt Millen bad, but this is still pretty bad. It's bad. It, like the trades that Quazy has been making have not made a lot of sense. There there have been some bad trades, and then he goes into the second round and he trades back in the second round with the Green Bay Packers to allow them to get Christian Watson, who turned out to be a great receiver for the Packers. I thought the Packers got a bad pick. He turned out to be okay. We'll see how he is with Jordan Love, who mm-hmm. you know. Aaron Rodgers has a tendency to make superstars, uh, you know, making chicken shit out of or chicken salad out of chicken shit with some of these receivers. But I mean, look at the situation. I mean, like, like he has had three consecutive bad trades, uh, and I'm I'm disappointed in Quasi Adopo Mensa. I'm disappointed in things he's doing. And look, I get it. Brian Flores is there. Brian Flores. I think people are putting way too much money in the Brian Flores pot right now as a defensive coordinator that where they're like, oh, he, he's looking for his guys and he's going to make it work. Well, hang on. How do we know that Brian Flores is really going to make this shit work? How do we know that Brian Flores is, is just going to be sitting there, uh, uh, you know, like a mastermind, like, oh, this defense is going to be great. How do we know that, that everything is in place for his defense to be successful? Because right now I'm not convinced. And a lot of folks are talking about, oh, well, Marcus Davenport. We got Marcus Davenport. He's going to go ahead and and he's going to be the guy that fixes the issue. He's going to be the guy that that you know turns it all around. And that's why we got Marcus Davenport so we could get rid of Zadarius Smith. Look, look, Marcus Davenport is no different than when a few years ago when I was talking about Trey Flowers. He's mm-hmm. no. He is the kind of or uh, uh, is that is that his name? Trey Flowers. The the, the yeah. Yeah, and he's on the list too. We'll get to him in a second. It's a different trait, Flowers. But but the uh, you know when oh. Flowers went over to to uh, the Detroit Lions and the Lions had him, and we talked about and nauseum about how there was never a year where Flowers wound up with more than seven and a half sacks in a season, and a lot of people told me I was crazy for thinking that way. And Flowers wound up being a disruption. He had a lot of pressures, but. He never hit home. And right. that's the thing that you're always talking about. So I look at Marcus Davenport, and if you look at his numbers, he is the same way. Creates a lot of pressure, never hits home. And he's also had a, uh, just as much of a problem with injuries as Darius Smith has. So, folks, Davenport isn't just going to – Marcus Davenport just isn't going to magically turn things around. I hope he does. But I have my doubts here. Zadarius Smith was a surefire thing. Now, if you would have told me that the Minnesota Vikings were going into this season with Zadarius Smith, Daniel Hunter, and Marcus Davenport on defense in that front seven, I'd feel much better, especially because mm-hmm. our corners, they suck right now. 
If you, you're going to tell me that Byron Murphy is going to wind up being the number one corner for the Minnesota Vikings, I'm going to tell you you're high. Because mm-hmm. the, the NFL, your, your phone, if you're saying that, your phone should be going off with the NFL calling you to take a drug test. That's, <laughs> that should be happening right now. Because, yeah, uh, Byron Murphy wasn't a number one corner in Arizona. He's not going to be a number one corner in Minnesota. Let's just make that clear. So, so I have questions about this defense. I have questions about the personnel. And this, uh, this is another one of those, those black cat in the matrix situations. This is a deja vu thing where a few years ago, I was bitching that the Vikings didn't have top-notch corners. They didn't have good corners. And they were getting ready to start Mike Hughes as their, their number one corner. Yep, I remember that rant. And they were getting ready to, to go out, you know, trot Jeff Gladney out there as a rookie with Mike Hughes as their number one, and then they were going to go out and put Cam Dantzler in the slot and expect to be okay. And <laughs> Cam Dantzler was not a shutdown corner. No, and he wasn't. He He's very solid as a number two corner, but he is not a shutdown corner. And I, I people told me I was crazy then. I'm you're, oh, you're nuts. You don't know what you're talking about. Mike Hughes is a number one corner. And then everybody kept talking, and I forget the guy's name. Everybody was talking about how the, the undrafted free agent that, that had a, four good outings uh, oh, he's going to be great. He's going to be our number two. He's going to be perfect. He's going to be a great number. He's going to be the, the guy that that uh, is going to replace all the – no. No, 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 no. Because he wound up being shit too. Holton Hill, that's the guy's name, Holton Hill. And and you're going to they, – they said Holton Hill was going to be – I feel like we're in deja vu again. We have no corners. No. Go and get corners. If you're going to – if you had the three pass rushers, I could understand. If you had the three big nasty pass rushers, if you had Davenport, Hunter, and Zedarius, I could understand because your front seven is strong. But you don't have a strong front seven now. You have two good pass rushers, and then you have a lot of guys that are going to be starting at linebacker for the first time in the NFL in their entire careers, guys like Brian Osimo. This is mm-hmm. this type of thing we're doing here. And then you're going to go out and go, oh, okay, well, now what? Who's going to be your outside linebacker now that Zadarius Smith's gone? Who's going to be your pass rusher on the outside? Is Davenport going to be really be that guy? Because I don't see it. I don't see Marcus Davenport surpassing 10 sacks in a season. I just don't. He, he underwhelmed in New Orleans, and I, I think this is going to be no different. I have, I have questions. I have questions about this Vikings defense. I don't think it's going to be better than last year. If it is, it'll be so minuscule that, mm. that we're going to be just almost going well. It's like Ed Donatel never left. Right. But it's not going to be Brian Flores' fault. That's going to be Quasi Adapo Mensa's fault. And I have questions about Quasi Adapo Mensa right now. I have mm-hmm. a lot of questions. Your offense, stronger than hell. But your defense is garbage. Got to get yep. corner. If you get a good yep. corner, we're having a different discussion. 33 to nothing in the first half, Colts, Vikings. Right. That was Ed Donatel. You know, so is, are we going to see something like that again this season? I hope not. Yeah, I, I <laughs> I mean, hope. It makes it made for some damn good football. It made for a damn good story, but yeah. it was totally unnecessary. Yeah, I don't want to see that shit. I don't want to see it. It's it's mm. garbage. So so the Cleveland Browns wind up getting a steal there, and elsewhere mm. around that division, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. We talked about them a little bit earlier. They go out and have uh, offensive tackle Jonah Williams requesting a trade. After they signed Orlando Brown, Orlando Brown's one of the best offensive tackles in football. 
uh, he mm. had he's had such a, a roller coaster ride of, of over contract negotiations and things like that. He went over the he had a contract dispute with the Ravens. The Ravens got rid of him. He goes to the Chiefs, uh, does well with the Chiefs. Chiefs won't resign him to a new deal. Chiefs go and sign a new or uh, draft somebody to to replace him. Or uh, I'm sorry, they go out and pick up a, a a new offensive tackle, and uh, here we are. They they you know Orlando became a a free agent. Now Orlando Brown goes over to the the Cleveland Brown or the Cincinnati Bengals rather gets signed. Jonah Williams says, "Well, I'm not going to be a starter here, so I'm getting the hell out of here." And he wants to be traded. I don't blame him. Um, I think he's one of the more underrated offensive tackles in the league. And to me, I think he should be signed somewhere. I, th- or I think that the Bengals should be trading him somewhere, getting something for him because he doesn't want to be there anymore. So deal him. Deal him. He's young. Deal him. You, yep. you, you can get a, a third rounder for that guy. You can get a fourth rounder for that guy. Underrated offensive tackle. Alex, what yeah. what are you? I mean, I, I, I agree. You know, especially if, if he wants out, you know, when you when you when you know that Orlando Brown's coming into town and he's going to be the guy, you know, you can get you can get some value for this player. You know, um, is, you know, Cincinnati is, you know, has long over the over the past few years have been one of the, the higher up teams in the NFL. And, it, and it's and it's for, you know, at situations like this will pop up every once in a while. Take advantage of it. Get get your high level draft pick from for a player of this caliber, you know. Especially if Jonah, you know, isn't going to be a big part of the scheme, and if he wants out, then it's like, okay, well, let's go, let's go get something for you then. Yeah, he sort of struggled in, the, in like last season. He sort of struggled a little bit, which I understand. Orlando Brown, you know, now you're just trying to protect Joe Burrow in any way you can. I mean, I like Joe Burrow has been one of the most beat up quarterbacks over the last. Yeah. Year just gotten the hell beat out of him and and you know they're, they're fixing every hole that they can on that offensive line and I don't blame them because they have had a lot of holes on that offensive line and to Joe Burrow's credit to be able to do what he's done go to a Super Bowl followed by an AFC title game impressive but uh yeah you got to protect them now and, and perhaps perhaps Jonah could find a home in Miami for the Dolphins yep. I mean after all uh, the Dolphins signed a former Bengals and Jets offensive tackle, Cedric Ogu- um, Agbui. Agbui. Yep, yep. And so they also went out and signed Isaiah Wynn, which uh, the mm. offensive tackle from the Patriots. You know, the, he could find a home with, with a team like that that does need, hey, how about, you know, if you want to kick into guard, because he is a bigger guy, go ahead and kick into guard and go ahead and play for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not mad at it. There are teams, though, that could use a high-end offensive tackle, though, um, you know, the, the Baltimore Ravens could probably use him. You know, the Baltimore Ravens do have a few offensive line woes. The The Detroit Lions could probably use him at offensive tackle. They, they do have so, a few off uh, offensive tackle woes. They're, you know, they do a Panay Sewell over there, but they've got a gentleman over there that 31 years old and gets hurt a lot, you know, on the other end. So <laughs> it, it's just one of these things where I'm like, hmm. I, I have questions about what in the hell the Bengals are doing and why you would hold on to him if you're right. gonna, if you're going to make Jonah Williams sit there on the bench. Why would you? Yeah, yeah why keep him there? Get yeah. something for him. Hold on to him. You know, you 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 pick up Orlando Brown. Why hold on to him? It just it doesn't make sense. Deal him. Uh, mm. The Dolphins going out and signing these two players, Isaiah Wynn and Cedric Dagbui, 
the, these are our great signings by them. Two mm-hmm. offensive tackles. Uh, the the Dolphins offensive line ranked near the bottom of the league last year. They were, I think they were 29th in the league. Uh, and especially with all of the issues that you had with Tua Tungabailoa, getting concussions, getting his head slammed off the floor, all the mm-hmm. issues that occurred, it makes a lot of sense for them to be bolstering their offensive line in any way they can. Um, both these guys are going to be players that that uh, are going to contribute almost immediately. They they are upgrades them and and if you think about it you know the dolphins need it in any way they can this these are massive upgrades they get them on discounted deals these are one one year contracts these are not huge contracts i like these deals i think they are both very smart sort of prove it deals and that way the dolphins can see what they have what they don't have and and kind of roll with it from there i think it's very smart don't you absolutely you know, uh, like you said, you know, Tua is going to need all the help he can get because of all the, the 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 hits that he's taken. You know, you get you get guys like these, you know, to, to kind of beef up the offensive line. You know, and you know, give you know, obviously it gives you know Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle time to get out and run their routes, all that and that stuff. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a good it's a good move. Yeah, I think it's smart, and, and you got to buy two a time in the pocket. You, you're going to have to, and this is how you're going to do it. You have to buy him time, and you have to make sure that he doesn't get popped. I I'm, I feel like this guy is is you know Tua Tungabailoa. I I feel like it's almost like uh, Varsity Blues, where he's like you know a couple of concussions away from from death. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's where we're headed here. Like, uh-oh. yeah, I mean, I think Tua himself was actually con- considering retirement. Yep. Uh, you know, dur- during last season, you know, and, and, you know, to be fair, you know, his doctors really weren't, you know, in his corner to speak. I mean, they were basically going, oh, we got to get our guy back out there. And then he was throwing up gang signs on 30 to Thursday night football. But, you know, it was, it was scary. It was a scary situation. And, and it was. you know, I, I'm over here like. Uh, I, I just. I agree with the moves. Um, I, I, I think both these moves are great, but, you know, I, I worry that, you know, the concussion countdown meter is, is falling for, uh, yep. for uh, Tunga Veloa. So I, I feel like they're doing the right thing, getting a couple of veteran players. Isaiah wins sort of, you know, he's had a little bit of an up and down tenure with the Patriots when he's been good. He's been very good when he's been bad. It's been eh. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you never know uh, which Isaiah wins going to show up. Agbui's been around for a while. Um, he's a good player as well. I, I, he played for the Bengals for quite some time. I, I like him a lot. He played for the Jets for a little bit as well. So I, I like him a lot. I, I think this is, this is, uh, um, I think both these signings are solid, very, very solid signings by, by, uh, uh, the, the dolphins to get good players on a discount. That's, that's the thing. You got good players, good free agents on a discount. that are going to bolster your offensive line and help you get, be successful uh, on the offensive side of the football, which we know they love the offensive side of the football over there. So um, they they got to fix their defense more than anything. But, you know, the offensive side is is always seems to be the Dolphins' focus, I guess, so to speak. Um, speaking of uh, off, or, um, speaking of linemen with uh, the Jets, the Jets go out and make a move where they sign the ex-Seahawks defensive lineman Al Woods. Uh, he was a starter for the Seahawks. I like this move a lot. Started with the Seahawks. Last year, he had a 68.3 PFF grade. Uh, the year before, I believe he had a 74 PFF grade. Al Woods is a good player. He's a mm-hmm. starter. He's a veteran. 
I love this move. I think the Jets, every time I see the Jets, they're doing the mm-hmm. right thing. They're like on, yep. a, they're on a roll right now. It's crazy. Yep, abs. I hundred percent agree. I mean, they have, you know, they they get they have Sauce Gardner. You know, they have Brees Hall, who's going to be coming back from his ACL tear. They have Miles Garrett at wide receiver, and speaking of wide receiver, you know, they get, you know, then they then they go and get the big fish. They get Aaron Rodgers in the off season oh, after selling. You mean Garrett Wilson, not Miles Garrett. Garrett Wilson, you're right. Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett's uh, with Cleveland. No, yeah. Garrett Wilson though. They got Garrett Wilson at wide receiver. And, uh, you know, then they pick up Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, the biggest one of the biggest trades of the offseason. And, of course, the Jets kind of sold the farm to get there. But also, they, they, <laughs> I looked at this little piece of news to kind of tack onto it, and I laugh. They also signed Randall Cobb to a one-year deal. I mean, because, like, the joke, the big joke, obviously, is uh, I need I need weapons, but I want the weapons that I like. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I, I, a, that's an example. I almost laugh a little bit about Aaron Rodgers a little bit. I, I, as soon as he, he started getting all of his guys signed and we started seeing some of these old players get signed that he played with and like Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb had a, had some good years with, with Aaron Rodgers, And, you know, he, especially the one year, Jordy Nelson, he tore his ACL and then Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers was, but I almost laugh a little bit because I'm just like looking at this list and then you find out Randall Cobb got signed and then you look over and you go, what's next? Are you, are you going to sign Greg Jennings? You know, yeah. are, are, we, <laughs> are they going to get Greg Jennings? How old is he? We see Donald driver over there. You know, <laughs> is, is that what's going to happen? You know, right. it, it just, a lot of it doesn't make sense. Are, are we going to sign, are we going to sign Jordy Nelson? Is that, is yeah. that, you know, are we going to, are we going to get Jimmy Graham? Yeah, yeah. Are we going to get Jimmy Graham? Like, what? What are we doing? I, I just, right. At a certain point, I, it's almost like comedic that that they go out and sound, assign Randall Cobb. I, I don't. Randall Cobb obviously can't play at a high level. I don't even mm-hmm. think Lazard, who's over there now. You know, you yeah. got. They they have a decent receiving core, but it, this is just silly. It's mm-hmm. just. Yeah, it's, it's the old folks' home. Yeah, yeah. It's just silly shit. Like Aaron Rodgers. So, All right, guys, one last run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but going back, but going back to Al Woods, you know, if if you're gonna have the old folks home, you know, with with the, with the line with the with Rogers and the gang, you know, have you know get somebody like an Al Woods, like you said, you know, sixty point eight point three PFF grade, you know, phenomenal starter, you know, good move. So you know, we don't want to take we don't want to take away from the Jets because you know, obviously, you know, they didn't have they don't really have a real answer with Zach Wilson. They really don't have a good answer with Joe Flacco. Uh, I think uh, is it Mike White or uh, who's the other quarterback there? White. You know, he we thought he was going to be a big deal. Guess not. So now that you, now that you have your quarterback, basically, you know, will Aaron Rodgers have a good rapport with, with uh, Garrett Wilson? Right. You know, and if if he does, then they'll be dangerous. You know. But, Rodgers has come out and said that Garrett Wilson reminds him of of Devonte Adams, which I think mm. is something to behold. There, if, if yeah, that, that's definitely that's a, that's something to take note of, especially yeah. coming out. He, he, as much as we hate him, yeah, you know when Aaron Rodgers says something like that, you know you do you definitely have to step back and take notice. Yeah, you definitely do, and uh, I I think I think that's an interesting situation, something to think about. Um, and and Al Woods is a guy that you're going to get on a on a, a discounted deal. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. You know, he played 14 games for the Seahawks last year. He he uh you know he logged two sacks. I, I mean, I, I think this is smart. I think this is smart. So uh you're gonna get Al Woods on a one year three million dollar deal. Uh and and he look when he signed with the Seahawks, it was a one year or a one year three million dollar deal with a seven hundred fifty million or seven hundred fifty thousand dollar signing bonus. Full-time starter in 2021, 16 games. He recorded 50 tackles, three passes, defense, 11 quarterback pressures, and one and a half sacks. I mean, that's that's a defensive tackle right there, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, signed with the Seahawks in 2022. He was named a team captain, so we know there's a leadership role. Yep. 14 games with the Seahawks, logged two sacks. I mean, and then the Seahawks let him walk. They had a good player on a discount. I like this guy a lot, and he played 300-plus mm-hmm. snaps. I, I mean, he's he's always been a journeyman. We we know Al Woods has been a journeyman. If you look at the amount of teams he's played for, Saints, Steelers, Bucks, Seahawks, Steelers again, Titans, Colts, Seahawks, Jacksonville Jaguars, Seahawks a third time. Now he's with the Jets. So he's been a journeyman. But every time he's been a journeyman, he's been, for the most part, successful. Um, you know, he, he went to uh, – when he first started his career, he he was practice squad guy, right? And he, he kept mm-hmm. getting off the practice squad and stuff like that. But when he finally caught on, he caught on. And I think he's he's finally going to get it. He's 36 years old. He's on the back end of his career as a defensive tackle. I'm okay with that. I'm all right. He's an older guy, but hey, you know what? You're already, the old folks' home is already forming over there, like you said, Alex. So why not get him in there? I think it's a good move. I think it's, you know, some folks may look at this as a depth move, and I think it more so is. But he's shown he can start. That's the thing about it. He's shown he can start and be effective when starting. So I want to see what he can do. I want to see if the Jets can utilize him properly as defensive tackle and uh, uh, really help out with the Jets. Um, I think it'll be be a smart thing for them. Uh, next up, let's talk about the Steelers, uh, the, these Pittsburgh Steelers. They they signed both of their backup quarterbacks. Two-year extension for Mitch Trubisky. They signed backup quarterback Mason Rudolph to a one-year extension. You know, they, they need the depth, obviously, behind Kenny Pickett. Um, I get it. You know, mm-hmm. I signings because there aren't really that many good backup quarterbacks out there um obviously you know you could have signed and and we'll talk about him in a minute nick Foles, who's now a free agent but uh you know the steelers they, they i think they just kind of want to match the status quo obviously mitch mitch trubisky was the starter last year when when the league year started mm-hmm. and um you know, they, they moved over to Kenny Pickett, who was actually pretty successful. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say Kenny Pickett was bad, um, given the circumstances of what Kenny Pickett had to work with and how he was kind of thrown to the wolves. And mm-hmm. he turned out okay. We, we can't be mad at Kenny Pickett. I hope he takes a big step forward in year two. But, I hope so too. Because yeah. they really, the Steelers don't really have too many options at quarterback right now. No. I mean, like you said, if, if they would have signed Nick Foles, you know, they definitely would have had a, a, a much, a, you know, a veteran presence on the bench. But, you know, I, I don't see the Steelers doing terribly a whole lot on offense. Yeah. I I would probably peg them as third in the division. Yeah, probably. You know? they're, they're probably around that range. The Steelers, you know, if you do notice, they, they did narrowly, and I say narrowly, miss the playoffs last year. So, I mean, if mm-hmm. they... I, I Kenny Pickett is a good player. He he really is. I think he's going to wind up developing into a really solid player for for uh, um, the Steelers here and Mike Tomlin. I, I I really like him a lot. Having these two backups behind him, Trubisky Trubisky showed that he's capable of winning a couple. 
He's going to be a spot start moving forward. I don't think, you know, this is a bad move. I don't understand the Mason Rudolph signing, to be honest mm. with you. Mason Rudolph showed that he is not worth a damn. Uh, mm. And a lot of people were big on him for a while, myself included. I thought, you know, coming out of the second round, that's a steal, right? Second or a third mm-hmm. round. He was a, a, a day two pick, if I'm not mistaken. I thought mm-hmm. it would be a good spot. might be a good steal for them. Um, eh, you know, he, he not turned- so much. And, and to give him a one-year deal, I, I you know, I, I know it's kind of a minimal signing and he knows your system or whatever. I don't know that Mason Rudolph is capable. Um, I don't mm. know. That, I don't know that Mason Rudolph is capable of, of you know, uh, really plugging in and getting the Steelers where they need to go. I, I don't like this signing at all. I I, mm. I, I feel like it's a- I. I, I mentioned uh, offline that, you know, I would take Rudolph over Trubisky, but, you know, I'll, I'll still stand by that, but a little bit, I'm not saying he, he's definitely not a world. He's not, he's not going to be a world beater. N- none of these people are, you know, no. St- Steelers are definitely stuck in purgatory right now. Yeah. I love um, but you know, because I mean, I, 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 I'm, I was not impressed with Mitch Trubisky with the, when he was with the bears, you know, you know, the only reason he beat the Lions in in week one in 2020 was because the Lions were garbage at the time. They had a dumbass at head coach, you know. So, you know, so Trubisky, you know, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't sit well with me too much. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll have to. I mean, we'll have to see. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. In any in any instance. Yeah. Another quarterback that got signed around the league, uh, the 49ers. They go out and sign quarterback Brandon Allen. Uh, you know. After the the 49ers had the debacle that they had, I'm not going to say that Brandon Allen is anything special. We saw him with Denver, and and he won a few games over there. Okay, he mm. did. Whether anybody wants to admit it, he won a few games over there. Yeah. But um, this is a much better signing to me, in my opinion, than than having Josh Johnson. I thought Josh Johnson was a disaster last year. We got to see what he did in the the playoffs and how they just relegated him to handing the ball off. And then mm-hmm. hurt and it was a mess. Uh, the 49ers, they, they were basically, and they managed to still beat the Dallas Cowboys because the Cowboys decided to uh, have two really shitty plays right at the end of that game. Right. You know, and, and Brock Purdy was, was, you know, playing in that one, but in the NFC title game, they basically played with their arm tied behind their back. The Niners did. And, and that's the only reason it seems to me that the Eagles made the playoffs, you know, like that's or made our, the super, made the Super Bowl, or made the playoffs, made the Super Bowl. It seems like that's the only reason why they advanced to the Super Bowl is because the the Niners were playing with their hand tied behind their back. Otherwise, I I felt like that would have been a much more uh, competitive game than it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm here and say I think Brock Purdy is is the second coming of Tom Brady here, but hell no, he's not. He proved that he was capable and more capable than you know uh, uh, a lot of people thought. Showed he was more capable than Trey Lance. You know he he showed that he was he could get it done more and, and better than a lot of those quarterbacks on that roster. So I, I don't know. I have, I have uh, uh, questions about this. I have, I have questions and concerns about this situation, but Brandon Allen is still an upgrade uh, from Josh Johnson, I think. And, and he's played as a starter in the NFL. He's won a couple games. So yeah, I'm, I'm not mad about this signing. I think it's actually a good signing for the, uh, the 49ers. And the Niners all have also said, and Kyle Shanahan, speaking of Brock Purdy, he says he's expecting Brock Purdy to be back by training camp. Um, that's good news for a guy that just underwent Tommy John, essentially. Uh, yep. 
Hey, yep. that's bold prediction, Cotton. Let's see where that goes. Yeah, I, I want to see if, uh, you know, that UCL surgery, that UCL repair is going to be, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, healed properly, I guess, so, you mm-hmm. know, point in time. He did suffer it late in the season. He did go out and have surgery very late. That's a not a very long time frame to be expecting him to come back. It must not have been that bad of an injury. <laughs> You right. Know. Yeah. I mean, you know, and good for him if it is, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, so I mean, we'll see. I'm, 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 I'm keeping my eye on the situation. You yeah. know, let's, let's see what they do with that. If he's able to throw the way he was able to throw before he got injured, then, okay, great. Then we can say that, you know, Oh, Tommy John. Ha, ha. Oh, wait, here we go. Uh, yeah. we were wrong about that. I'd like to be wrong. Cause yeah. I'd like to be, wrong. you know, I think Brock Purdy is is a a could be a special player and and actually to be fair to me in this mm. situation to myself to I myself here, myself I I sat here and said that Brock Purdy as a a late round selection and day three um, I said he's a guy I thought Brock Purdy was going to go much earlier but I did say on the show that he was going to be a guy to watch and when he got drafted. And some folks, he he was Mr. Irrelevant. Yep. And, and then that was before he got drafted. I said, he's going to be, uh, um, a guy to watch. And some people told me I was crazy and Mm. here are Brock Purdy enters for the San Francisco 49ers and does well. So, I mean, maybe I wasn't so crazy, you know, at the end of the day, (laughs) I wasn't so crazy. Um, other things that went on, we'll start with the Colts as far as their their uh, quarterback stuff. Uh, they re- did release Nick Foles after one season. Nick Foles. I, I, I was going to I was gonna ask why, but then yeah. I was going to be like, well, I kind of know why. Uh, Colts are probably run run by a clown show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the remnants of the Frank Reich administration. Yeah. The, Nick Foles, I, I think they signed him expecting a little bit more, um, you know, in, and eh. Eh. You know, he didn't he didn't really pan out for them a whole lot. And I think they're just kind of like he's just kind of a waste of money. Nick Foles is garnering a lot of money. It's kind of almost Nick Foles has become now that he's in that journeyman mode. I think he's on the brink of retirement here, but he's sort of become Mike Glennon in a way. Mm-hmm. Remember Mike Glennon getting signed by by the Arizona Cardinals and them giving him a whopping like 15 million a year, like to be a backup, like some shit that he didn't deserve. Mm-hmm. That's, that's basically what it's kind of become for for Nick Foles at this point. Nick Foles get you know getting signed for twenty million a year. <laughs> my life depended on it, right? Do that? No way. I'm not. I'm not giving Nick Foles that kind of money. Um, I don't believe in Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles is a product of a system in Philadelphia. I think you know he was a starter for a while there, and and good on him. But he's not a starter now. Mm-hmm. He's just not worth that kind of money so i wouldn't be paying him that at all so no Mm. um nick Foles getting released probably a good idea by the colts there probably Mm -hmm. uh elsewhere around that division the houston texans uh they signed jaguar former jaguars uh corner shaquille griffin to a one-year deal is he he all one hand or is that is that his brother that's his brother um jack griffin went out and he got um signed by the Jags last year, didn't pan out, and the Jags released him. He hits free agency, gets signed by the Texans. Griffin's a good player. 
Uh, he really is. And, and the fact that, that uh, the Jags weren't more patient with him is a little bit surprising, uh, given the amount of money they dumped at him. You know, I mean, you, you gave a good amount of money to that guy. I think they offered him a three- or four-year deal. It was a good size offer. I wanted the Vikings to snag him up. He was that good. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the Jags wound up getting him pretty early in the process. They let him go. The Texans nab him up, and, and he's on a one-year prove-it deal. I think he's going to be just fine over there in Houston. I think he's going to be the number one corner over there, and I think the Houston Texans wound up getting a great player on defense. And on top of it, guess what? He's with D'Amico Ryan. Yep. I mean, like a, defen- like, a defensive-minded coach. Like, like, how can you? This is smart, and he's going to know how to utilize Shaq, uh, Shaquille Griffin. I like this move. See, speaking of Texans and Shaqs, they go yep. out and sign their offensive guard Shaq Mason to a three-year, thirty-six million dollar extension, twelve million per year. Shaq Mason is a really good offensive lineman. Really, really good. I don't understand how how they're they're um I don't understand how teams have have not thought about Shaq Mason more than they have. He's one of the better offensive linemen in this league, especially at the guard position and the, these interior offensive linemen. Twelve million a year is a really good price for him. Because mm-hmm. an interior offensive linemen are sort of like unsung heroes at this point because those big guys up the middle are the guy, and especially in a power run attack, which I think that's where they're headed with guys like Damian Pierce. They did go out and sign Devin Singletary this offseason, so the two of them are going to kind of be a two-headed monster there. Those are big, bruising, in-the-trenches kind of backs that like to lower the shoulder and slam into guys. This is a smart play. I like this signing. I think this is going to do all kinds of good things for that running attack, especially in those trenches. It's going to be good to protect their new young quarterback in C.J. Stroud. I like this. I like this move a lot. I think this is smart. Uh, what say mm-hmm. you? You know, I I think it is. You know, anything that they can do to try to put out the flames of that dumpster fire. Which, to be fair, they're they're they've taken the fire extinguisher and they've they've sprayed it in. You know, yeah. uh, obviously, you know the a big part of it obviously is the big, you know, move to get both C.J. Stroud at number two and then trading the farm for Will Anderson. I mean, ballsy move. So, and then, and then they get, you know, Shaquille Griffin and Shaq Mason on top of it. You know, I think the pieces are starting to come together. I don't think they're out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination, but at least they get D'Amico Ryans as a defensive coordinator, but I believe uh, they're headed in the right direction. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're headed in the right direction. I think it's, it's really been sort of refreshing to see the, uh, how things are playing out a little bit for for uh, uh, the Houston Texans. They're they're putting their team back together, and uh, um, I, I really like what they're doing over there. It's it's been a really strong, solid off season for them, getting some really good players, and uh, I, I like what they're doing. Uh, the Texans are are going to be one of those teams that in a couple of years we're going to be talking about being them being, um, you know, competitors. We're going to be we're going to be talking about them. Uh, being in the discussion for for around the top part of the, the league, I, I really like everything that they're doing over there. Um, also, elsewhere around the league, the Bills are making some moves here. They signed former defensive tackle Puna Ford to a one-year deal. Puna Ford's a guy that, that uh, again, another one of those unsung heroes. This is a good signing, a one-year prove-it deal. Puna Ford's mm-hmm. been around for a little bit, good defensive tackle. They still have Ed Oliver over there, but I think he's almost an insurance policy about Ed Oliver. Really, that's what mm-hmm. I think. 
I want to. I, want, I think that they're waiting to see what they can do as far as getting Ed Oliver on a new big money contract. And uh, Puna Ford is going to be kind of the insurance. <laughs> well, at least That's a there. heck of a name too, Puna. <laughs> Puna Ford. Um, so they're going to have him over there. Uh, I think that's a smart move. But the bigger thing for the Bills that kind of went under the radar, we've been bitching for the longest mm-hmm. time about how the Bills need a running back, for Christ's yep. sake. We've got Damian Harris, and, and some people are saying they're relying on, on James Cook, but they also go out and sign running back Latavius Murray now to a one-year deal after passing all out on all the running backs in the draft class. <laughs> uh, which I, I that was, go ahead. Which I thought was silly. You know, yeah, they, yeah. That's the, when I saw this line. Uh, the, my first reaction was, "Why?" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, obviously, why would you not draft a running back? Number one, I mean, that that that's plainly obvious. Mm-hmm. I thought it, you know, and then I'm sitting here going, "Oh my gosh, you got Latavius Murray. Why?" But then you're, but but based on what you're saying, it's it's not like it's 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 an earth shattering stupid idea. And Latavius Murray seems to have you know a a, a little bit of a pedigree behind him. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he's he's still not a Zeke. You know, we were talking about why can't you get Zeke out? You get him, make him the bell cow back. The thing about you know, it, he was, if you weren't going to get a Bijan Robinson or a Jameer Gibbs, I get it. But there were other running backs in this draft class, and obviously, you know. Like I think after a lot of in a lot of people's opinion, it was after Jameer Gibbs there was a big drop off. I disagree with that. I I think there was a, a a few guys in that that draft class that you could have picked up on in the late rounds that that would have made a major impact that could have been starters for this team. And I think they're really just kind of putting their all their eggs in that Damian Harris basket and hoping for the mm-hmm. best. I think James Cook is going to be the starter over there, but there's going to be a battle there. Now you have the three of them sort of battling it out. These are two, well, three middle of the road running backs. Latavius, obviously, getting a little up there in the years, getting a little long in the tooth there. So we're gonna we're gonna see what happens with the Buffalo Bills. I'm happy that they're getting running backs finally. I just yeah. don't know how effective those running backs are gonna be. And I don't think so. Yeah, I'm I'm not sold 100. percent I I definitely don't see Bell Cal back in any of those names. No, I you don't. Know, I I think that I think they still they're still looking for their bell cow back. It's like when are they going to get their hands on them? For Christ's sake! Yeah, yeah. It's it was interesting to say the least. Um, another team making moves here around the league, and and uh, one that I'm I'm actually pretty happy with uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs. They made a move, so they go out. So the Buccaneers released offensive tackle Donovan Smith a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Chiefs go up and pick him up one year, nine million dollars. So they get their off a starting caliber offensive tackle to replace Orlando Brown, and they get him on a discount. The Chiefs, man, I don't know what it is. They just make these moves and they find these value players. This is one of those value signings that I really like. And then another one that the Chiefs move, another move they're expected to not exercise the fifth year option on Clyde Edwards Hellaire, uh, the running back. And so first, starting with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I just want to point out, number one, I never thought he was a bell cow running back. I never right. thought he was a starting running back. I pointed it out repeatedly on the show. So a lot of folks told me I was nuts. Uh, I said that Jonathan Taylor was going to be the best running back out of that draft class. Turned out to be correct. Uh, and and uh, here we are. Right. And, and, who, and who was the guy that picked up most of the, most of the work at the end of the season? Um, it, I, I, with Cam the, the na- not Cam Akers, uh, on, on Kansas City. 
Isaiah Pacheco. Oh yeah, Isaiah Pacheco. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, we we didn't see Clyde Edwards Hilaire anywhere near the end of the season. Yeah. So. Clyde- a lot of people's, you know, we were talking about, hey, pick up the fifth-year option. Well, only if the player's any good. Yeah. You know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is one of those guys where uh, I I said it once, and I'll say it again. Square peg, round hole. This mm-hmm. guy, they change of pace back. He was a change of pace back in college. They picked up 32nd overall in, in the NFL draft a couple years back, and they tried to make him a bell cow back. And that first year, you know, for the first six or seven games he set the world ablaze and then after that everybody realized this guy's not that good and they started smacking the shit out of him and Mm -hmm. and he hasn't been the same ever since and even as a change of pace back he's been beat out for that by the veteran Jarrett mckinnon on top of it so you know a lot of things going on there i'm i think it's smart that they got rid of clyde edwards hilaire and and then moving on to the donovan smith deal like I said, this is a smart move, a veteran player, a good offensive tackle. They get him on a one-year, $9 million deal. It's on a discount. You're not choking up $20 million to Orlando Brown to be an offensive tackle. Donovan Smith is good enough to be your starting caliber offensive tackle on this football team, and he's going to be rock solid for them for a good price. I'm happy about this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, your KC is, you know, you know, showing us why they are a Super Bowl caliber team almost every year. I mean, they, you know, not, not, you know, Patrick Mahomes, notwithstanding Andy Reid, notwithstanding, you know, they, they seem to know what to do with the cards that they're dealt. I mean, they had the 32nd pick in the draft last year, you know, this year, cause they won the Super Bowl. And then, you know, there's, they're able to make great moves with like, you know, people like get the higher end draft picks so that he, they can get higher end players. But Kansas City always seems to come out with with decent picks of their own. Yeah, I I think Kansas City they they wound up doing um they had a great draft but they also this year man that for whatever reason the Kansas City Chiefs uh it, it well it seems like year we're not just this year but year over year rather they they go out and they they put their team together in a way where they get the best value for their players. And that's the big thing for them is value. I, I love what they do. And and like Kadarius Tony was a great example last year. Yes. Him up. He turned out to be a great receiver for them. And he's probably going to be the number one over there. Mm-hmm. I think. Interesting. Yeah, I, I really do. I think he's on his way to being the number one over there. I, I really just. Yeah. After, I, Ju- after Juju left town and after Tyreek Hill left town, you know, they well, were able, they were able to fill those gaps. Yeah, and with with good players on discount, and Kadarius Tony, if you remember, is still sitting on a rookie deal, so they're not paying him an arm and a leg. He's going to wind up being a number one guy. A lot of people kind of slept on Kadarius Tony for a little bit, so he's going to be a special player. We're going to see how he turns out. Um, next up, also speaking of offensive tackles, former Titans offensive tackle Taylor Luan is suing the renowned Dr. James Andrews for medical malpractice after the October 2020 surgery repairing his torn ACL. He claims it left him with severe and permanent damage. If you do remember, the Titans did uh, release Taylor Luan this offseason. Just sad. Just sad. Mm. Taylor Luan is one of the best offensive tackles, in my opinion, in football, and I, I don't think he'll ever be able to play again uh, because mm. of And Dr. James Andrews, obviously, is, is renowned. He's done, I mean, us as wrestlers, we know that yep. he's done a lot of major surgeries on wrestlers. He's a sports, is basically a sports injury doctor. I- I believe the uh, the most famous injury he worked on was when uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H, uh, blew his quadricep. 
and uh, he was the guy. He was the he was the surgeon, uh, mostly in charge of that surgery. Yeah. So you know, when we say he's renowned, absolutely. So I mean, this is it's a sad story. You yeah. know, I mean, you feel for both people in this situation. Yeah, I I feel bad about uh, that, and and the fact that Taylor Luan likely won't play in the NFL again because of this situation. I mean, having irreparable damage, I guess, according to him, to to his uh, um, to his ACL. So uh, who knows if we'll ever see Taylor Luan again in the NFL? But it sucks, and the Titans wound up, and it makes a lot of sense now why the Titans wound up releasing Taylor Luan this offseason. Mm-hmm. More kind of comes to light there, uh, and and we get an understanding of what exactly took place with that release. But again, we talk about this all the time on the show, Alex, availability and reliability. Reliability. Yeah. Being there is a huge deal. And, and, uh, you know, if you can't be on the field, you're not going to be on an NFL team. That's just how it works. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, uh, speaking of players that may not be on an NFL team soon, uh, chargers GM, Tom Telesco says nothing has changed in regards to running back Austin Eckler's contract situation. And, uh, the team still has zero interest in trading him. So you're just hanging on to this guy. He wants a contract yeah. extension. He why? Wants- why? Why are you doing this? Because, you know, <laughs> I, I, here's the note that I made when I read that. Austin Eckler is probably going to pull a much tamer version of Antonio Brown if the Chargers keep him around. Basically, he's just going to go. To, he's just going to resent the Chargers organization, you yeah. know. If, 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 oh, we're going to hold on to you, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to pay you. We're not going to pay you more money. We're not going to trade you. We're not going to get anything for you. What the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. It, 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 it makes no sense to do this. You know, you know, unless, unless the base, unless the plan is, listen, we're going to, we're going to have you, we're going to give you the ball give you an opportunity to prove yourself as a running back, you know, screw how short you are, screw how small you are. I mean, would, would it be safe to say that Eckler's a change of pace back? Well, here's the thing about Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, when he got uh, um, given that extension back in 2020, he was given that extension just before the 2020 season. And he's entering the last year of that contract now. Uh, I they had Melvin Gordon on the squad and Melvin Gordon was out there, you know, supposedly to being the starter. But Austin Eckler had a better uh, uh, an average than him. And I pointed that out when we when we were I said, Austin Eckler is the better runner. Um, again, mm-hmm. people told me I was nuts. Austin Eckler came out and wound up being the starting running back and being the redder, better runner. I think Austin Eckler kind of fills the role better as a change of pace back. But at the end of the day, you know. There's a team out there that could use a player the caliber of Austin Eckler. There's, there's, there are teams out there, and I'm here for it. I, I think there, that there are plenty of teams that could use a change of pace back, you know, or, or a player of yeah. his caliber. The New York Giants would be a great fit for him. For sure. You know, right and, behind Saquon Barkley, that'd be a nice one-two punch. Yeah, I, I mean, there are teams out there, and, and teams are often going after that that multiple running back deal where a guy can oh if we do need him to he can be a bell cow guy austin eckler's that kind of guy so i i i like this uh i would like to see austin eckler get the hell out of town even though the chargers you know we talk about our second favorite teams and stuff like that the chargers Mm -hmm. second favorite team but i i would just love to see uh austin eckler get the hell out of town if they're not going to treat him properly he's going to he's worth austin eckler believes he's worth 12 million dollars he he believes worth Alvin Kamara money. And I would tend to agree with him. I think he's more yeah. effective than Alvin Kamara. I think he's probably 
the best change of pace back in the NFL, to be honest with you. Mm. I think uh, I do. I think he's better than Alvin Kamara. But, you know, we're going to see what happens with with old Austin Eckler moving forward. Um, elsewhere, yeah, it's kind well, of a stupid move by the, the the Chargers GM. If for no other reason, then he's just going to grow to resent the team. Yeah. You know, a, like, what what are we doing here? It, I agree. It doesn't make sense. It's a senseless move. It's silly. But we're going to see what the Chargers do elsewhere around the league. Ex-Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs pleads guilty to a driving 156 miles an hour in the crash a few years ago that killed their victim and their dog. Um, he's facing three to ten years oh, uh, boy. in prison. Uh, he It was a plea deal. They had him, I mean, by the balls in this situation. Uh, this is... A common thing also, and, and I didn't list this in the news, but former Raiders corner Damon Arnett is also facing uh, felony charges, felony assault charges uh, for his uh, gun-toting uh, mannerisms that took place on video not too long ago. I don't understand oh boy. players and they go to Vegas and they, they commit I, crimes and all this stuff. <laughs> it's, it's becoming a running gag yeah. for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's so dumb. Every player that goes to Vegas turns into a, a disaster. So, um, yeah, that that's gone on there. Henry Ruggs, his career's over. Damon Arnett, his career's probably over. Uh, both those guys are are probably done. A pair of draft picks from the same draft class. Oh uh, boy. Yeah, just just a a disaster. Just a uh, dumpster fire. Yeah, just a mess. Um, another thing that went on, another signing here, the Saints go out and sign tight end Foster Moreau to a three-year $12 million. It's $4 million per year. It's $8 million guaranteed. Foster Moreau is one of those kind of unsung heroes of the, the Vegas Raiders. Uh, he's a former Raider. When Darren Waller went down, Foster Moreau looked damn good in those few appearances. I like this signing a lot. I think he's better. You know, the Saints went out and they extended Juwan Taylor or Juwan Johnson, rather, to a, a long term deal. Uh, I like this signing better than Juwan Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think Rowe is better than Juwan Johnson, and they got Foster Moreau on a better price. Uh, I like this signing. I think this is an awesome move. Foster Moreau is great in the red zone, he's got excellent hands. I love this. I think it's it's very, very smart by the New Orleans Saints. As much as I hate the Saints, this right. is a smart signing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I think they, they definitely need a better alternative to um, uh, Adam Troutman. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I know a guy that you're not I, – I know a guy that you're not really a big fan of. Not at all. Uh, so, to have, to, so to have something – like you said, to have a tight end of this caliber – on a cheap deal like this or, or you know, a, a more value deal like this. Good, good for them. Yeah. I, I thought that was, it was a smart move and they, they got a good, strong, uh, a good, strong tight end on a, on a rookie, on a, a, a really a rookie scale deal. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a good contract. So I, I, I like this signing a lot. Um, another signing that took place and, and this is, this had a lot of people, uh, um, questioning uh this move but i i'm gonna explain it to some folks and and i'm gonna explain it on here so it makes sense to people the packers go out and sign quarterback jordan love to a one-year extension 2024 was the the uh extension it's got an eight million dollar signing bonus 8.8 million dollar signing bonus it includes 15.3 million guaranteed um 
he could make in the between the next two years, uh, could make twenty four point eight million dollars with the incentives that he's got. Now, look, people are like, well, why'd they sign him to this extension? Why'd they do that? Oh, my goodness. Folks, when you sign a guy to a fifth year option and you pick up the fifth year option, you're picking up the average of the these uh, um, you're picking up the average of of some of the highest paid uh, uh, quarterbacks you know, in the NFL and, and, mm-hmm. um, that contract that Jordan Love would have gotten for his fifth year deal would have been higher than what mm-hmm. you would have been, been paying in this, this extension this situation. It's kind of like, it's, it's, it's a, it's an extension of the discussion we were having about, uh, renegotiating Joe Burrow's fifth year, uh, is renegotiating the signing bonus for Joe Burrow, kind of a similar move here. But this is smart because you're you're giving him the one year deal, and instead of giving him the fifth year option, which is going to cost you more, you're giving him a deal that is going to actually cost you less. The Packers made a smart play here, and people were like, "Oh my God, look at that massive deal they gave." Are y'all fucking stupid? He would have gotten paid twenty three million dollars up front just for the one year. Instead, he's getting paid twenty four point eight over two years. This makes yep. sense. It mm-hmm. makes. And it's, I can't even like the Packers. I think they're an asshole organization, but this is actually a smart play by them because that way, if he's asked this year, then you know that they're paying him less next year and they can just walk away from him. If yep. he's good this year and, and it's kind of a, a two year prove it deal for the Packers. Yep. It makes a lot of sense. Is he going to be good this year? He's going to be good next year. Okay. We've got our franchise guy. Let's roll on. Right. And if he's not, then if he's not, they go draft a guy and just start from square one. Bingo. It, it just makes sense. I thought this was was uh, uh, a smart play by the Packers. Makes a lot of sense. Speaking mm-hmm. of signings, the Giants signed defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence to a four-year, $90 million extension. It's 22 and a half per year, $60 million guaranteed. Now, look, I, I think this is a little high for a defensive tackle. Okay, I'll start there. Mm-hmm. But Dexter Lawrence is tremendous. He's very, very good. I like Dexter, Dexter Lawrence a lot. I'm all about that life. I think Dexter yep. Lawrence- he, he he's a good player. Yeah. You, like you said, you know, it might be a little pricey, but I feel that, you know, you need all the help you can get in, in you know, on the Giants organization, uh, you know, and, and Dexter Lawrence is a special player. Yeah. You know, he's always, he's always been, you know, uh, you know, it, in that top air, you know, it, within the Giants organizations, he, he's been one of the top players. So sure, you know, ab- absolutely, a guy of his caliber, you know, certainly deserves an opportunity like that, even if it's a little pricey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, also, next up, the Falcons go out inside corner Trey Flowers to a one-year deal. This was a a nice, quiet signing. The Falcons—they're trying to put together that secondary a little bit. I don't think Trey Flowers is going to wind up being a starter over there. But a good signing. A good. Yeah, and, and obviously the. the like you said, different from the Trey Flowers that you know was in Detroit. Yeah, this is a depth signing. I like this signing. Um, I think that Trey Flowers the, is able to step in to a starting corner role if he needs to, which he's shown on several occasions. So I do like this signing. I think it's a nice little prove-it deal. And the the big one, and Alex, I know you got a lot to say about this, Commander's owner Dan Snyder agrees to sell the team to a partnership that is led by Josh Harris for a $6 billion. The league now must vote to ratify that sale. They did say that no 
during the spring meetings that no uh, vote will take place on the sale of the commanders here to this Josh Harris-led group. But Dan Snyder is going to be selling this football team. Finally, thank God, yep. he'll be out of yep. the so couple couple things like we, we talked about this before and the and the things that I've said up front, first of all, uh basically Dan Snyder's a huge piece of shit. Yep. And what's his ultimate punishment? He gets to sell a football team for a shit ton of money. Yep. You know, so I'm like, uh, who who's who's laughing to the bank now? Now i I guarantee you he still is. But we were talking about uh you know, a conversation came up that kind of made me think, oh, all right. I mean, it, it it doesn't make it any, it doesn't make Dan Snyder less of a piece of shit, uh, and it does, <laughs> you know, he's 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 still basically Mister Monopoly, but the point that you, that was made was that you know this this football team makes money hand over fist, you know, with ticket sales, with jersey sales, you know, stadium upgrades, you know, season tickets. You know, six billion dollars compared to what an NFL team makes on a regular basis. If it's a good team, you know, six million, six billion dollars. The point that you made, and tell me if I'm wrong, seems to be a bit of a flash in the pan compared to what it could make if it was run properly. Yeah, Dan Snyder, he's owned this team since 1999, and Mm -hmm. and since he's owned that team, they've made well over six billion dollars. Right. 20 years it's it's basically a um a money producing machine i mean it it really is a license to print money so i mean either way he's going to make his money this way he just gets paid up front and we don't have to deal with his ass i mean that's that's this league does not need pieces of garbage like dan snyder uh uh that that are sexually assaulting women in the workplace and are just willing to accept shit like that. We we shouldn't be okay with this. Nobody should be okay with this. It's unacceptable. And the fact is, is that Dan Snyder being out of this league is a good thing. It's a yep. very good thing. And I'm all about it. I think Dan Snyder needs to be long gone. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board with him going bye-bye. Mm-hmm. So, yep. and with that, that's all of our news around the league. We're going to be, uh, Getting out of here, Alex, before we take off, just got to give a shout out to It's Your Time Massage, IYTMassage.com. Check it out. Get yourself a massage. Also, over at FaceKickedApparel.com, get your shirts, hats, hoodies, pants, whatever you need. You pick it. He sticks it. Sean Stockmeyer's wonderful wife, Lisa, over at FaceKickedApparel.com. Also. Yay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You hear my baby girl over here. Mm-hmm. Um, also. <laughs> quick he, shout she out. likes it, too. Yeah, yeah. Patch Miracle Photography over there. Patch Miracle, they do tremendous work over there. Um, awesome professional grade uh, uh, pictures over there. High quality stuff. Andrew is wonderful. Wife Chantel, they do amazing work. Please check out Patch Miracle. Patch, ah, Patch to Miracle Photography. There we go. Jeez, oh, Pete, it's easy for me to say. Dot com, and you can get yourself uh, your your all your photo needs. Um, and next up, Alex, we've got. Uh, Condor's Gaming Corner, or formerly known as Condor's Gaming Corner, now it's Steel Brothers Gaming. Yep, the Steel, yep, Steel Twins Gaming. Uh, voice acting is as strong as ever. You know, we're we're turn we're churning episodes out on a weekly basis on Wednesdays. We're wrapping up a case uh, known as uh, the case of the haunted lodgings. You know, really fun thing. And then you know, we're going to take a week break because you know we're traveling to Tennessee. But after we get back, uh, the next case after that proves is going to prove to be, you know, very long, and uh, you know, it's going to tie a 
ton of story arcs together, you know, and then, you know, then there's the, then there's going to be the, uh, the case after that. So, you know, the, for the next several months, uh, you know, we're still going to have a lot of content and then, uh, right around the end of it, we're going to decide what the next project is, but you know, every Wednesday night, you know, between like seven and eight, depending on how we're feeling it, but check us out. We're on, uh, you know, on Facebook gaming, we're on Twitch and we're on YouTube. And then last but not least, Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Big Willie Dubs, man, doing some awesome stuff over there on his channel. Uh, yep, on the Tic Tacs and the, and, the, you know, and the Twitcher and all that. Oh, yeah, he does all kinds of great stuff. Good content over there. Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Have a look over there. And, Alex, that is our show. Um, and as you can hear by the upset child in the background, I am uh, maybe happy. happy. He's like, oh, I'm not really happy to see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so we're i'm gonna have to jump off here but folks thank you so much for listening um and uh we'll be here in two weeks time hopefully with the uh with boots back in in uh full gear and uh we'll be jumping in so with that we'll be seeing you next time right here on the outside blitz ciao